outsiders only. This is Skyterra. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of Outsiders Only. Uh, this week, I got a couple friends with me to talk about some interesting things that have been percolating within the Discord and Skyterra community. And this week, I have returning with me uh, Rem, aka Christian. What's going on, man? Hi, hi. Everything's fine. Nice to meet you. And uh, I have joining this week as a special guest, Game Slayer nine eight nine. Alex, how is it going? Hello, it's going fine. Thank you very much. Some of you might also know me as No Brainer. That's N O Brainer because that is my YouTube channel name, and I used to do a lot of Star Wars Destiny content. And uh, I kind of moved over with them when Star Wars Destiny kind of died. Yeah, fair. You may also know Game Slayer from uh, the aggro chatter that has been going around since he has been creating quite a stir with uh, his <laughs> his uh, Skyter gaming exploits. Yes, the the maniacal laugh. And um, that is going to be the main topic of what we talk about this episode. But first, I just wanted to kind of uh, go over maybe some cool things that happened this week in our Skyterra gameplay, some notable things, some uh, level up moments, anything like that. So I'm going to throw it to you, Christian, first. And why don't you uh, just give us a little bit of a rundown about uh, something exciting that happened? I think the, the most exciting and recurring thing that's uh, going on for me is usually my league game, like the, the weekly Outsiders League game. I played against a, a fellow podcaster, a German podcaster, Zaragul. Uh, we can insert some some ads for his for his podcast right now, maybe. <laughs> uh, I think he's doing a new episode soonish. Uh, and we had a great game. Um, I drew three ultimates, turn one with a mulligan and i kept them until turn three played all of them and then won the game so <laughs> crazy <I think> that, <laughs> there was a wow. lot more going on actually but but that's the gist of it i i think i think uh i have a screenshot on it, on it. i sent it to you blake i, I had brilvar in the dome and i mm. he pulled four of all four <sighs> enemy heroes close to him slowed them disarmed them and then yeah i i went for the kill but it was a great game, and and he actually had had a sinkhole which he could probably have used to, to ensure stop. that they stayed next to Brilvar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, on 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 Shilabi's uh, ultimate, actually, he could have prevented her from doing her uh, run, hit, run, hit, and then do her actual attack. He could have prevented the first movement and and keep her keep her in a sinkhole, but. Yeah, yeah, he, he didn't really see it uh, immediately. And then we were a few turns uh, or, or a few activations later, he was like, mm, I think Sinkle could have been a good play here. And yeah, but we decided not to roll back because there was so much uh, stuff happening after that mm -hmm. possible mm, uh, move. So yeah, this was maybe my, my gaming highlight and... Uh, another thing I really enjoyed was uh, commentating on the stream, on the official Skyterra st uh, stream. Nice. We had a pretty quick game this time around. And yeah, the, they invited me to, to cast with them. And it was pretty pretty excited. Or exciting. Oh, I was excited and it was exciting. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah. Uh, my friend, uh, Wiwit, was the guy uh, actually playing. Ah, uh, yeah, I gave yeah. him good luck. Uh, I, I said to him, good luck at the start. Um, I'm not. I'm not claiming credit for how it went. But I, I missed you. <laughs> At least you, 
you you can claim partial success or partial credit for it. <laughs> the, the spirit of Game Slayer was with him. <laughs> so, uh, Alex, what was your moment this week? Yeah. So this. So last week. Well, this week I um I actually went and built a new deck. I built now my officially my second deck, and I went for a pure green aggro list. Uh, because of course it was aggro. Um, and you, you I, mentioned to me, I think that you're you're planning this when we played mm, this past week, didn't we? Yeah, and um, it has even more plus twos than my red yellow. Uh, <laughs> but my red yellow is still my baby. But a lot of people when they play with Nelaklin, they like to go with uh, some blue. They like to go with those draw two and draw three cards, right? And they want to like get rid of their. They, they want to use his ability to toss them into the discard, and he can play more cards on him, refresh his mana with some mm-hmm. mind power stuff, but. I said to myself that Nelklin's got a really, really good card in green on its own, uh, and it's called Rampant Hatred. Now, that's a card I absolutely love, mm-hmm. and it increases, gives you like a, it's usually going to give you a plus two to skirmish damage and a free skirmish. And if you're a deck that flips a lot of plus twos, that's four damage, right? Um, which yeah. is quite significant for a three cost card. And then your mm-hmm. next skirmish is also going to be at a plus two. And with Nelklin. Since he's a mage, that means that's going to be piercing damage. And also with Nelaklin, he can then remove a pillar to play another Rampant Hatred. <laughs> oh, wow. So I had so I was playing against Calibra, the person who likes to run the Ixotaxi list. Yeah. And I had... It was my first time playing Nelaklin. And on turn three, I played uh, Rampant Hatred for a plus two to hit, to hit Ixotosk, who was on full health. His toss on full health, hit him with that plus two, got that four damage off, discarded it, played Nelaklin's ult to play another Rampant Hatred from my deck, plus five oh skirmish God. damage, Ixitos <laughs> died, and I still got to attack someone else. Full health Ixitos, wow. plus attacking someone else. That's from amazing. Mono Greens, Nelaklin. Nelaklin does not need anything else, just Rampant Hatred, so damn good. Yeah, well, there, there, there was a discussion last time in Spring League uh, when Smios won with his skirmish Yothan list, mm. and they were joking around like, "Who is the king of skirmish?" And they were like debating if it was Kotlik or not Korjov, but uh, who's in blue? Um, Golbjorn. Yeah, Golbjorn, and they they said, "Yeah, it's Golbjorn for sure," but. Obviously, now it's Nelaklin. It's huh? Nelaklin. He's a mage. That's <laughs> yeah. great. Wasn't it That's obvious amazing. from the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> I hit him with a plus t- with a twelve and three flips off yeah, with one amazing. action used. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I like that. Um, and so for me, my my actual uh, amazing league thing was I finally won a league game. First of all. Uh, so so kudos to me for that. And uh, it was actually because I was doing some practicing during the week. And that's how I got into this discussion with Alex about uh, this aggro idea. And it made me realize that may- I was playing too much control. And maybe that's actually not what I like to play. So after your the discussion with you, you gave me some suggestions of things I should take out of my deck. I made those those changes. And I have to say it worked brilliantly. We had a situation mm. where the victory cards were um, a left breach. Well, these are the relevant ones was left breach and uh, sky terror master. So winning the dome three times. And so what I did was uh, turn one, I put Takali into my opponent's left breach. And then I set up and then I put Zakol to go and set up the pillar on the other side and then skirmish him into the dome. And then I, I follow that up with putting three heroes in the dome and Takali just 
by herself on that left breach to prevent it. So my idea was I knew I could take the dome and then if I kept doing that and just preventing the left breach from going off, my opponent couldn't win. And so I did this, but what I failed to mention is that my opponent chose Lord of the Ancients as the outsider, which worked really well for this strategy because what I did was as I pushed the dome and I won it two times, I would then get the outsider and I just keep spawning minions into mm. the other side so he could not like advance. And I got to a point where I was smashing with Brivlar, smashing with uh, Frail as well. I was using the, the the aggro heal basically, but also using her heal to keep some of my other people alive. And then I just kept whittling down. And I just from just kept pushing that one side and then keeping the dome on the third turn i set it up so that akimo and kichi were both at like three health going into the turn because i used the outsider to actually just whittle them down to like just so they had one hit each and then i had frail's ultimate and i kept her shapeshifted the whole time and i just basically took them all out so then my opponent only had two heroes left and i put three in the dome and plus I had a the uh, a lead from hand for three, which meant that it was like mathematically impossible for mm. my opponent to then win the dome. And then I just got the third outsider. So it was it was really cool going with this aggro. And Sakali single-handedly held down the left lane uh, <laughs> for the whole game. Just I just kept off to the side, leading, taking damage, healing, and it worked mm. like brilliantly. And it was mm. fantastic having those flips constantly be in my favor and using predicts to make sure I could stack them up properly and stuff like oh it was brilliant so thank you for that advice it was so much fun playing this more uh, please my aggressive ego approach. can only get so large <laughs> yeah I, I know but I, I will we'll test that theory um, <laughs> and um, so with that being said let's go right into this discussion about the aggro concept because I think at this point it's safe to say you are the champion of that and I literally had a very small lesson with you and it yielded great results for me and I really like my, the way my deck plays now as a result so let's go into this theory like why why do you feel that aggro is great a and b how do you set up a deck to be aggro because I feel the theory is not just within any one faction you can basically no. apply this theory and choose how you want to go but can we just a quick quick note uh, at, at first maybe say what we mean by aggro but i've played a few sure. games right now and and i think people have different definitions of of aggro if mm, it's that's very playing true. fast or okay. playing for the kill and people use the terms differently yeah that, that's very true i i personally wouldn't even use aggro in the same way that i think you're using it um because what what when when most people say aggro, I think what they're talking about is a deck that has a lot of plus twos and good flips on it, and you're going to just smack into the opponent and deal a lot of damage and kill them, and try and go for those double kills, obstinacies, and onslaught victory conditions very effectively. So you 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 speak of it more not as in speed, but as in aggression. Mm. Uh, well, I think that's how most people apply it. And yeah. if you want to apply it like that, that's fine. But I'm actually at the point where I'm thinking to myself that the two cost plus zeros are actually the real aggro. Uh, and I don't play those mm. cards at all. Uh, stuff okay. like Burning Rage and Dodge, like you're giving up your plus, you're giving up your three cost cards, which are usually a lot better in order to slot in these two costs that aren't as good, but they can use your mana quicker. So you mean uh, okay. aggro as a as a timing definition rather than a going for uh, going for yeah i think i think the concept of aggro as we're using it uh, yeah. might need in the skytech community might need to change 
Uh, and I'll be interested to see if I can make that version work uh, and put my money mm -hmm. where my mouth is. Um, <laughs> but for now, I, the definition <clears throat> we should probably use is the more traditional, it's going to go to kill, and it's just going to try and kill people very quickly. And um, very often, you want to always try and keep you know, as many of their guys off the board as possible and win by them just not having enough people to control the lanes effectively. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. we, we might do a podcast episode on deck definitions and, and yes. terms and what they mean and how we could maybe generalize them and give a clear mm -hmm. understanding what a deck does by giving it a few terms. But that's maybe yeah, for, for another time. So we have the king of aggro <laughs> again <laughs> and you tell us what, what's so great about the deck and, and how you play it. Yeah, so my philosophies regarding aggro, regarding sky tier is that I'm not really a fan of the control style of playing. Um, I don't like doing all the maths in my head of how much this is and how much that is and how much my opponent can can bring in to, to apply pressure to this lane and how much I can, whatever. I'd much rather simplify the equation by just killing all of his heroes and then I'm the only one controlling anything on the board, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, if a card has a plus two, it is fantastic. And mm -hmm. if a card is a three cost, it is a great for leading because even even an aggro deck requires you to lead a lot in order to stall the deck, stall the lanes out and stop yourself from dying too quickly. And then all the two costs just unless they're really important two costs, like Nightmare Incarnate is reaction deal three damage, which is amazing for, ag for certain aggro decks. Unless it's something like that, I just would not like to use them. Because a two cost isn't going to have that plus two, and it isn't going to be that um, three cost mana. What, what actually the cards do themselves, I don't really care much about. I mean, yeah, there's definitely some, some choice there, but when I'm, when I'm playing my deck, so the deck that I like to use right now is the, my red-yellow, which uses, runs Hogusai and Yami, and they both do a lot of flipping, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I, want, I haven't done the exact maths, but I want to say about two-thirds of the time I see a card in the game, it is from being flipped over from a skirmish, an attack, or a worship action. Yeah. And you're looking to flip uh, mm -hmm. as much as possible whenever you can because you like actually to cycle through your deck as many times as possible. Absolutely. Get back to those ultimates. Get back to those three to those three costs so that you can do more leading. Um, or the Shatter Mines or the Nightmare Incarnates or, or whatever. Uh, it, cycling through your deck is just going to make things far more consistent. Mm -hmm. So keep keep going with um, this theory because I, I love this, this how you're talking about like the whole flipping thing. So it's like you you yeah. wanting to take skirmish actions, you're wanting to do attack actions because it's going to cause you to flip. And if you have a hero that does two at once, like they're a specialist or the assassin, I mean, sorry, uh, you're going to get that ability to go that much faster. Yeah, it's like to me, the, um, well, here's a great example, right? Brutal precision versus crippling precision. Brutal precision is the caster gets plus two attack, but it's only a plus one modifier. Crippling Precision is plus one attack, but a plus two modifier. If we just apply the maths that, that I said, where more than 50% of the time you're going to be flipping rather than playing the card, Crippling Precision is going to give you that plus two more often than that Brutal Precision. And it mm -hmm. doesn't cost you any mana or cards from the hand to do. Right. Yeah. And with flipping, you mean like for Yami, when she marks a hero, she yeah. gains one plus a card. So the one is not one and a half damage usually, but maybe... 2, 2.1 or whatever mm -hmm, uh, in exactly. your deck with, with high uh, pluses. That's interesting. And I really like the, like the way of thinking about uh, cycling to your deck fast because Skyter is one of the few games where you 
you don't lose the game or you get some kind of penalty when your deck runs out. You just play it, play it again, play again through it. So mm-hmm. yeah, but you're not using Nella Clan in your uh, red. No, obviously not in your yellow red deck. This this was no. There now. A new deck you you spoiled before. Yeah, okay, yeah. The yeah. green the green deck has it on its own, uh, a bit less on the flip side, but the characters do a, do more damage on their basic attack actions. So I want those attacks to matter more when I decide to go for them. Uh, yeah. Like Zakol and Kotlik are both plus three attacks, right? And the melee guys with both plus three attacks. And also the deck uses a lot of skirmishing. Skirmishing is one of those things where if I was playing a control deck, I would hate to skirmish. Sure. Half the time you just miss. What? That's, that's terrible. Yeah. I'd rather take my extra plus one move. Um, and you, you, when you're against enemies with one armor, which is a very common amount, you want to have those skirmishes have a pretty high chance of doing damage still. As a control player myself, I, I, I must say, yeah, uh, skirmish is usually just for advancing and getting closer to the to the mm-hmm. to the token uh, to get in the sphere of influence or, or whatever. Uh, if so, your so, yeah. skirmishes actually do damage, then you pretty much never need to do movement actions after the first turn. Yeah. Um, You're close and if you do, to... then well, you can always move five, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, speaking about your your new deck that you've been brewing, uh, do you feel that uh, Taulot might be the most challenging faction to play? Like it has the most considerations and whatnot within it. So I still haven't really looked into blue much. Uh, okay. I imagine a, an aggressive blue deck would be quite hard to pilot. Um, but with green, I definitely am. I definitely am taking a lot more time on my turns, in part to figure out where these pillars need to be going, uh, and what I could be doing. Like sequencing your heroes is very, very important. It feels like in ta- in Talat. So that way, mm-hmm. Talakali t- t- has her pillars up for as long as she possibly can, and then you've got Zakol who will need to kill a minion. But you know, maybe you can just wait a while for that, or maybe you can wait and, and see if you know you need to push with Zakol or not. Yeah. And the consideration, like, even early on, where do you put your pillar? Do I need some pillar maybe in the dome later on? Mm. And when I'm running, and when I'm just straight up running Kotlik, um, it's like, well, I might as well take a worship action, even though I'm not really doing much with it. Can I afford to take this worship action that isn't going to do anything? So Kotlik on the next round has an extra plus one skirmish. Because you're wanting to get rid of these pillars. You want to be... To, to activate your effects all the time, but you're also needing to build your pillars up so that Kotlik will, on that turn two or turn three, have quite a huge turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that is true. Um, I've had some experience with Kotlik when he was in an iteration of my deck, and I found that you are leaning for those skirmishes, and you do want to have those available. The The pillar game is is so interesting and fascinating because mm-hmm. it's the, the taking down, putting up, getting the effects, the, the passive effects. Like there's all these things that are happening and it and it really adds that chess to the to the game with where they exist. And also on your opponent's side, like a lot of people, I think it's starting to creep more where people are recognizing you have to designate some time to take out pillars mm-hmm. because they are becoming more of a thing where if you don't deal with them, they will actually end up being quite oppressive to your strategy in the long run. I've, I've kind of noticed this slight shift now towards and people starting to be more vocal and talk about uh, this side of it. Hmm. And I think part of that is the fact that people weren't playing green as a mono, it felt like. It felt like they were always pairing them with someone else, like blue or red. But I feel like for someone like, for, for the pillars to really shine, they do have to be a mono color. Kotlik um, mm. is pretty terrible if you've got even one other guy of a different color. It feels like that was the advice you gave me and why I took him out of my deck. Mm-hmm. 
And it honestly was great. <laughs> you, what you're suggesting like worked really well. I put in uh, Akla instead, and um, I didn't use it in the last game, but having that card pool and, and that ability to have the range, which you said I needed more of as well, mm-hmm. uh, really gave a nice kind of... Um, uh, nice options depending on what my opponent chose mm. to do. But if, you, if you're opponent... going to be if you're going to be trying to flip more and you're going to be skirmish to skirmish more, if you're trying to skirmish more, you want your characters to be ranged rather than melee in general because it's mm-hmm. a lot harder to get up there with melee characters. Ranged characters right. have very ranged, obviously skirmishers, um, and they can like so go in and out of the dome pretty much at will and still influence either side. Whereas for a melee character, you've either got to use a you've either got to use a move. Or you're not leaving your designated control point. And this goes back to what you said about you get to a point where you can be your movements are coming from your skirmish actions always, and you don't really have to use a move. And if you got these range, that further leads to that mm-hmm. theory of being able to do that. Mm-hmm. My there's only two range characters that I play in my um, in my red yellow, and that's Hogusai and Yami, because I feel like you can't bring more than two melee characters to uh, to a lineup like this. Yeah, I was okay. thinking and Yami's I, a special case because she can teleport. Right. I wanted to ask you, like, like what what cards are you most worried about in in an aggressive aggro deck? And I would have expected it to be like shove or or time warp, whatever creates distance mm. between your heroes. But hearing this now, where you have so many ranged heroes in this deck, this might not be the case. Yeah, yeah, it, it really shuts that down. And also, and also, even if they are, even if you are. Um, even if you are melee, if you're skirmishing, uh, they can't shove you because the skirmish has to has to resolve first, and, skir- and shove can only be on an adjacent. Yeah. Um, so mm. skirmish attacks are much safer than normal regular attacks, um, sure. which, which can help heavily with um, with how Kurumo usually plays because it's it's risky to make an attack action. It, it just <laughs> is, but it's not risky right. to do a skirmish, especially with ranged characters. So, following up on the question, are there any cards that come to your mind that you're worried about, usually? Uh, no one plays Ice Wall or Arena of Flames, but I'd be pretty scared of those. <laughs> I imagine, yeah. I do like, I think Ice Wall fits also, if you're going for the blue aggro, fits that um, those parameters mm. of it. It has a, a bonus that's mm-hmm. uh, going to get plus one, and you're still getting the three out of it, and then you have that defensive capability that yeah, you just if you're, mentioned. Yeah, if you're playing about. an aggro lineup, you... You need to take all of those plus ones that are in your colors and slot them into your decks. Um, those, those three cost plus ones are your lifelines because they are both a three mana lead and also a plus one. It doesn't really matter what their effect is. I have Unstoppable in there. I'm almost never going to use my Frenzy. I'm never going to play mm-hmm. it properly. But it is really important to lead to slow down your opponent because you're not going to be killing minions very well, especially mm-hmm. if you're not using your attack actions to kill the minions. This could be maybe be a kind of a meta shift uh, coming in if this deck proves to be consistent and strong and, and all over the place because I think uh, Ice Wall is, is like three mana so it it has mm-hmm. a place in in a in a controlly mm. style style of deck so it could be an uh, easy swap or or put it on a hero which you which you uh, play as an option or mm. like if you, you just have to be careful aggro. because some people because some people do bring Ekrit and uh, yeah. Ekrit's line is equal to Ice Wall's line <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, I guess the next thing is if if you have new players like kind of coming into the game, what is kind of like some advice you would have for them? Because I've I found like being relatively new to the game now still that understanding the type of game you want to play is a big part of 
getting into Skyter because there are different ways you can mm. play. So if people are getting into the game and looking to play, let's say, something along the lines of what you've been discussing, what advice would you have for them? Generally, I would say focus on the deck building side of things. Um, you don't have to worry about playing cards very much. That's one of the beauties of this tech. Um, you only play the cards when they're actually good. Um, but if you have any two costs, gen- really think really hard about if you actually want those in there. Because a three cost is really good for leading. A one cost you can play immediately and it will have your plus two on those. Um if you're feeling like you just want to play an aggro deck, you don't even need to play... You can just imagine that all the cards are blank text, right? And just say, okay, just stick in all the plus twos and all the three costs. See how that goes. So you, yeah. so it's a good way, actually, to learn... Uh, it learns you the mechanics of the game before yeah. you have to learn start thinking about the actual implementation of the action cards. And that's... Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. I, I like that. So... Well, definitely. Uh, you also did a video kind of going into this uh, a little bit more in depth, right? Uh, wasn't of the aggro strategy in general. This is actually kind of coming in from a different side. It was more of a you have. Pl- it was more. It was supposed to be a you have. Um, you know how to play the game. So now here's what you'd be wanting to look for in turn one, and here's how turn one is going to generally play out. And then it went into a discussion on every single hero who who has a um, a function in pushing. Um, cause each, each, um, each faction has two of them, like Takali and Zakol and stuff. And I do hope that people can learn from that because it does delve into a mad ramblings by the end of it because it was hot and I was exhausted. But this is usually how my games go down as well. Uh, not, um, I mean, turn one usually is for me, like I have perfect information. I know what can mm-hmm. happen, what cannot happen. In turn two, my brain goes like, oh, oh, okay, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and turn three, I, I, I get the, the psychic meltdown and I'm just reacting to stuff that's on the board and I'm, I'm more like not really mm. autopiloting, but, but I'm way less informed than I was on turn one. So maybe that's... Yeah, uh, I, I'm feeling that the exact same, the exact same, man. The turn one, turn one kind of goes the same no matter what's going on and no matter what objectives are going in because you're going to have three heroes and each of them is going to go to a control point and then you got this fourth hero who's going to go wherever they feel they need to go. And you know which, which cards you have to expect and hope they mm-hmm. don't twist allegiance. You turn one and move you out of it. Mm-hmm. I would also three. recommend if you are treating these as completely blank cards, uh, as I suggested, yeah. um, throw out your one costs because you're only going to need threes in your hand. <laughs> Mulligan, mm-hmm. Mulligan hard for those three costs. I, I'm not comfortable unless I have at least three three costs in my opening hand. Oh, that's very interesting. interesting. That's, that's like the, the league game I played and I was worried because I couldn't do any things for mm-hmm. turn one and two maybe, but mm-hmm. then turn three um, yeah, it got well, pretty intense. To be fair, you really decided not to spend your, <laughs> your ultimates. <laughs> to, to me, you're always wanting to spend, you're always wanting to lead at least twice per round. Um, at the very least, to counteract your opponent's leads. Yeah. Um, and stall out the, the game just a bit more. So if you have three in your opening hand, there's a pretty good chance you're going to find another three by turn three. And then after turn three, you're kind of just killing them all, so it doesn't really matter so much. I, I love it, man. It's uh, it's it's good advice, especially the turn one. If you don't have a mapped out turn one, we talked about this before, um, it can cause a lot of anxiety, especially if you're new to the game because there's so much information going on and you're mm-hmm. worried about making the wrong move. So having that planned out and taking your advice, so I, and I will put a link to uh, the YouTube video that uh, Game Slayer made so that you can see that. And 
it, it really helps. Like that was, that was probably the greatest level up moment for me is when I decided how I was going to execute turn one pretty much before the game started. I knew most for the most part what I was going to do and how I was going to do it. It really alleviates a lot of stress and anxiety and it feels very freeing to start planning what's happening next. I'm glad you feel that way because uh, my red yellow deck has a very bad turn one. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I'm playing yeah. um, Akuti for so that I actually have someone to kill some minions at the start, my turn one is very weak. <laughs> <laughs> for that reason i like to go second with that deck uh because going second tends to give you a better turn one but a worse on every other turn going first is not very good on turn one but better on all the other turns um because you get to react to what your opponent's doing so you can choose to make those leads in those crucial lanes um mm. where you where it can make a difference what, what is your um, preferred outsider for for the deck uh, honestly, I haven't tried too many outsiders, but I can't help but think it is the Dark Vigilante. Uh, he does Just three feel, flips. Feel that skirmish? Yeah, he does three uh, flips. I see. <laughs> so and your opponent is very unlikely to have a deck that can use him as well as I can. Um, Scourge of Scourge of Pedo is very, very dangerous. You think it's good for an aggro deck? It arguably isn't because it can do. A lot of damage if your opponent gets it because of those base because of those base three melee damages, mm -hmm. right? And plus having your own life as well. Mm. You can that go can from you, you can go from your opponent being a full control deck to suddenly killing one of your guys, mm -hmm. and then you have like no chance against a, a, a control deck with you being a downer character. And Dark Vigilante gives you the opportunity to either go for killing minions because I think he has one action where he his skirmish yeah. attacks can target minions. From from this point on, mm -hmm. or use the skirmish to to go for for mm -hmm. the face, or rather the the hero. <laughs> mm. He also has a bit more a bit of interesting stuff as well in the fact that his uh, skirmish action that gives him piercing also gives his attack yeah. piercing, which can be quite helpful. Yeah, it's just the, it's nice the way everything stacks with that, and it just kind of you can do, if you choose the order correctly, you can be very effective essentially with his his moves. Definitely. All right, so that's going to do it all for this episode. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, you can find me on the Discord as Boulevard Paper Fight, number sign 3840. That's BLVD Paper Fight. And also on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can find uh, Game Slayer Alex there, and I will put the link to his uh, YouTube as well. So on the Discord, he's Game Slayer 989. Um, we had a little bit of technical difficulties and he dropped, but. Um, you'll be able to find him that way. And we really appreciate him coming on and talking about the aggro strategy. And uh, Christian, where can people find you? Uh, still Rem on Discord is the, the place for me to be and the place for people to find me if you want to have a talk. And thanks everyone for tuning in again. And uh, we will see you next week. And please reach out on the Discord. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Outsiders only. This is Sky Terror.